0: Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. When you think about one of the major sports in our country, we think about Major League Baseball. Well, upcoming, we're going to be having the Major League All-Star break and the incredible activities that surround the incredible sport of baseball. But what I always look for And what my twin and I look for are the stories. We want to know what's going on behind the scenes. We want to hear about the players and the details about their life that perhaps you may not glimpse when you're watching the sport on TV. Well, we've got a special guest with us today who's going to share about his life, his foundation, and what he's doing in light of all the activities that are going on in Major League Baseball. We're sure this is going to be one of your favorite stories going into the break. Today, we're going to talk about one of the greatest. When you hear the term, the greatest, or the phrase, the greatest, you start thinking instantly, greatest hitter, greatest pitcher. Well, we're going to talk about one of the greatest players that ever played the sport itself. We're pleased to be joined by Sean Gibson. He's the president of the Josh Gibson Foundation, named after his great-grandfather, the legendary baseball player himself, who played for the Homestead Grays and the Pittsburgh Crawfords. His great-grandfather, like so many, were denied the opportunity to play in the major leagues. Sean Gibson discusses not only his great grandfather's legacy, but we're gonna learn more about his foundation and his vision for what we need to do to help the youth in our communities. Sean, welcome to the Twins Talking Up program. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad it's called the Twins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is Danny. Uh, growing up, Sean, you must have known and I'm sure people have just put in your ear all the time who your great grandfather was, but when did you begin to fully realize who he, who he was and that, that he was just really one of the greatest to ever play the game of
1: baseball. That's a great question. And I get that question a lot. Um, you know, I would say I was around 12, 13 years old when I really realized who he was. And what else, when I say that is that, I've always heard of my grand. I always heard my grandfather's name during the family reunions, family Christmas Christmases gatherings, and so my grandfather, Josh Gibson, is my great grandfather. Then I had my grandfather is Josh Gibson Jr., and so around the our, our family, it was always, he was always known as Big Josh, hmm. and they would talk about Big Josh this and Big Josh played here and Big Josh liked to do this. And you would hear these stories and just. When you're young, eight, nine years old, it's just another family member, right? And so, you know, typical, I'm thinking I'm in the eighth grade. We're doing a school project, group project. It's four of us in a group, and we got to pick out some books with the library. I'm at my table, and one of my partners, he goes and get a book, and he brings back a Josh Gibson book. Wow. Now, you 12, 13 years old, you know, when you see a book about a relative, you're like, oh, first of all, you think we must have got money, right? Like, we ain't got no money. <laughs> And so I remember taking the book out of the library and taking it home to my mother. She was so nonchalant, she was, oh yeah, that's Big Josh. Like, you know, that's what we always talk about. So I think that's when I really kind of said, wait a minute, it's more than just Big Josh and the family. This is something I need to very, do some research on. And then after that, I started talking to my grandfather, Josh Gibson Jr. who kind of educated me on his father as well as the other great baseball players in the Negro Leagues.
0: John, this is David, and I'm so glad you brought that up because sometimes we could grow up and not really have an understanding of what our fathers, our grandfathers, our great grandparents, what they went through, and to be able to learn some of that through a book. But then to be able to sit down at your grandfather's feet and say, "Tell me about this man. Tell me what's going on." This led to the creation of the Josh Gibson Foundation, and and by the way, that that picture behind you of your great grandfather is amazing, but. Tell me about what led to really this idea to take your great grandfather's legacy to make an impact in the community and the youths and the children really that are around us all the time. What was it about that? What led to the foundation and what are you doing with the Josh Gibson Foundation?
1: Well, yeah, so my grandfather, as you mentioned, Junior, he was the one who was, he was the mastermind behind the whole foundation, right? His his goal was uh, he wanted to have, he wanted to create something to also leave his father's legacy, to let people understand his father's legacy. And of course, you know, here in Pittsburgh, we had two great teams. We had the Homestead Grays and the Pittsburgh Croppers. And we were blessed that Josh played for both of those teams. So all our energy was focused on Pittsburgh, Croppers, Homestead Grays, and Josh Gibson, right? And so he wanted to create a foundation to educate youth because he always felt that the youth was the future of our generation that can always expand this conversation. And so he did that, I was in college when he actually created the foundation. And when I graduated from college, he asked me to be involved or mm. to somehow take over. Now, of course, my major's criminal justice, i want to get out there and make some money, right? <laughs> I'm like, no, a this is new, get it started up. But I will say this, um, my grandfather always taught me family values, right? And he used to always say your last name is the only thing that you have in life is your last name. And I think those those trips from him picking me from college, having those drives home, talking about Josh Gibson and the Negro Leagues and his passion about it. It wasn't even about the money no more. It was about my legacy and mm-hmm. how I can I continue on and make sure our legacy is secure and make sure people know about our legacy. And mm-hmm. so that's when, I, that's when I dove into it at a 100%. That was 17 years ago. And now we have grown since then, we have over 300 kids in our program, inner city kids, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we have three locations. We are a partner in the City of Pittsburgh Parks and Rec Department. We're also a partner in the City of Pittsburgh Public Schools. So we are in two public schools as well. Um, two of the schools that I attended as a kid, I wanted, to, you know, I wanted to do something for my neighborhood. I wanted to have a give back program for the, for the neighborhood that I grew up in. So I started some programs in my neighborhood and the schools and so we've been blessed, man. Um, but I will say this: we're big on brand. You know, it's about mm. our brand. And you know, when you hear these stories about the Negro Leagues, you hear some kind of a uh, myth- mythical stories, right? Well, Josh keeps a hit a home run so far. It came down the next day in Philadelphia, <laughs> and Cool Papa Bell was so fast, <laughs> but he can he can turn off the light and be in the bed before Ooh. it's dark. Wow. <laughs> And, 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 and when you tell these stories, just like we're laughing, but I want people to feel like those are stories, but don't believe everything that you hear because I don't want people to take the Negro Leagues as a joke, right? Mm. Because they hear these stories. And that's when some people do this, like, oh, well, you know, Indianapolis clown, they were like the Harlem Globetrotter. They wasn't serious. They had women on their team. They had Tony Stone and Mamie Peanut Johnson. How can they be a real league with women? No, don't get it twisted. These guys could play. And that's why I try to tell people, don't take the mythical stories and the the, the quote-unquote cartoonist jokes as serious because those are just jokes. When it came down to playing the game of baseball, there was no better players than these Negro League baseball players.
0: And I, I, Sean, I'll tell you, just keeping up and following news over the last couple of years, we talk about what happened with George Floyd and how the country as a whole is starting to open their eyes to the inequalities that are all around us. And so much has happened. Can you tell me how that awakening and even the pandemic, how that's affected your foundation and your work? And has it helped you? Has it furthered your vision and what you're doing there? How has this affected what you're building there in the Pittsburgh area, with your Josh uh, Gibson Foundation?
1: Yeah, I would, I would definitely say the pandemic definitely hurt. Mm-hmm. It hurt financially, of course, because um, there was no grant money out there, which totally understand all the grant money was going towards schools and educational components and laptops and and, mm-hmm. and feeding these kids. And we totally get it because that's what you got to do, right? right. Um, and so for that standpoint, you know, we were blessed to have some small fundraisers, right? Then you get the whole Black Lives Matters movement, right? George Floyd killing. And I think people was, I hear people talk about, well, we had all these other African-Americans getting murdered by cops. Why did George Floyd stand out the most? And me personally, I think it was just how the cops demeanor. I think it was the caption of the police officer and how he just had his hands in his pocket and how he just had his um, knee on his neck and people's film and he just got that smirk on his face. Like, and I think that just really took, I think that just really, that's when you start seeing a lot of white people speak out, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of white athletes, while the white people had the platform to actresses and actors, I think enough was enough. And so for us, and then for us, during a pandemic year, December 16th, you get the announcement that major league baseball is going to integrate Negro League statistics you are going through a whole pandemic year, you're going through a whole Black Lives Matters. Right before the years ends, you get this big announcement that Major League Baseball is finally going to recognize these guys as major leaguers, which we always consider Josh Gibson Major Leaguer anyway. Yep, that's right. Um, but I would say the pandemic it hurt us, but it helped us as well because during the pandemic, I would say this, we've got a lot of great new relationships. Um, as I mentioned, Tad Richardson is one of them. A guy named Jason Schwartz, we call him Heavy J. These guys have really came involved with the foundation, just helping us out with our brand, with fundraising. Mm. Um, And so it's kind of a bittersweet moment. Um, Bitter because we had a pandemic year, but it's going into this 2021 year, we have seen a lot of uh, focus around African-American organizations you see a lot of companies now having a diversity department in their organizations now. Um, and so we've, we capitalize on some of those opportunities, but I've always been the type of person that when you come to me as a, as a partnership, I don't want this to be a one and done deal because of what's going on in America right now. Right. If you're really serious about helping the Josh Gibson Foundation, you believe in our mission and our vision, let's make this a true partnership. Right. We don't want this to be a photo op because of, you're doing the right thing for 2021 and 2022 because of what's going on. Let's see this, let's let's have this in 2030 and and go on. So that's where we're at right now. But I would say, you know, the pandemic has been, a I a, will say a, kind of a bittersweet year. Bitter in the beginning, then it's, it's kind of going sweet. You're trying to see some fruit growing right now. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to
0: thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit livelovethanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSP Leadership Group. DSP Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. for all your vet needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny. I appreciate you bringing that up, Sean, because um, a lot of people don't realize that with the pandemic and everything that was going on, a lot of nonprofit organizations were definitely impacted, as you stated. And so I want to make sure the audience knows that you can help, you can support. Please go to the Josh Gibson uh, Foundation website and find out ways that you can help. As Sean brought up, uh, we both know Tad very well and Tad has uh, definitely been a, a great advocate, a great community leader. And I'm so glad that he actually uh, introduced us to you too, Sean. So it's great that if you're out there today, there's many ways that you can support. It's not always having to be financially. You can support with your time. Uh, as Sean stated, they're supporting the two school districts, 300, over 300 students you can support with equipment you can support with technology there's so many ways you can support you can actually go to his, uh, the Josh Gibson Foundation website and you can buy the merchandise you can buy the shirt. so when you come on the show you can have a shirt you can actually of uh, Josh Gibson as well so That's there's it. many ways you guys can support and we'll talk little, we'll talk at when we wrap up um, our podcast we'll find we'll wrap up with another way you guys can support that the three of us here today on our show we really uh, plead for you to help out in that specific way. But Sean, can you elaborate a little bit more because you, ha- you had alluded to this one aspect that on December 16th last year, the Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred had stated that he was going to elevate and include all Negro League Baseball uh, statuses within the record books. And you had, you had brought that up how that was, that was a victory and how that was amazing. But can you elaborate a little bit bit more how this is not only a victory for your great-grandfather, but for all Negro league baseball players and how, how much of an impact has this had also with your foundation for
1: growth? Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, like you you use the same word, they use elevating. And I think that kind of offended a lot of us Mm -hmm. and we felt like, um, you know, they were we were they were bringing us up to their status. You know, we're, we're equal. We said no, we're not. We're not elevated. We're equally. You know what I mean? So, uh, we did get a, a call from the commissioner's office to apologize for that. Awesome. And you know, awesome. I even told the guy. I said, you know, I said I, I'm pretty sure the commissioner didn't write this, but he must have not read it before he read it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but again, you know, so like I said, December sixteenth was was uh, a crazy day. My phone was, so uh, this is what happens. I wake up in the morning and my phone is buzzing and I don't know what's going on. And I finally see a number I recognize from a reporter here that I work with from the athletic and I pick it up and he says, Hey man, what do you think about the new blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? I said, he said, you you didn't know, you didn't hear They just made this announcement that MLB is going to integrate Negro early statistics. What do you think? So I said, "Look, before I said, I don't, I don't know nothing." I said, "Before I talk to you, let me, let me get some information. Let me get some facts." Before I start saying the wrong stuff, so I hang up, and I told him, "I said, look, now I'm telling you, I will definitely. You'll be the first one I talk." He's like, well, "Don't talk to nobody else. Don't talk." I said, "You'll be the first one I talk to." So I go online, I see everything that was going on. I'm like, I call a couple family members. I call Central Pages family. I call Buck Leonard's family, make sure they know what's going on. And so once I got all the facts and things, I got, I called the guy back, and I, we did the interview. And I will say this: um, Like I said, we all consider Josh and you know, other great League players as major leaguers. Um, people always say the saying is never too late, right? Um, yes, we wish it could have happened sooner. You know, a lot of these guys are dead and gone right now, right? There's actually three players living, three that played from 1920 to 1948. Wow. Okay. The three is y'all know that y'all know one name for sure. The one is Willie Mays. No. Yep. He played for Birmingham and the, uh, the Giants. I can't – the other guy is Dave something. I got to look him up. But he also played in the Negro Leagues, and he played, in, he played in the Major Leagues as well. But there's only one player that's still living that played just strictly in the Negro Leagues. His name is Ron Teasley. He's 94 years old, and he's in Detroit, Michigan. And so my question is, is that I'm happy – I'm more excited for Mr. Teasley than I am for Josh Gibson. Uh, we understand where Josh Gibson will be ranked. We know that. We know our platform. We we know that. But for a man that's 94 years old to be, the, and from what I'm being told, the statistics should be out sometime in October or November in the MLB Elias record books. It'd be so exciting and gratifying to see Mr. Teasley, Mr. see his name in those record books before he passed away. Yeah. So that's the most exciting thing for me is to see this man um, who lived a long time mm. and probably never even imagined, never even thought of his name would be associated with Major League Baseball. Wow. And so when we've had these interviews and I will say this before we go to the next topic, but most of the questions that came to me was Josh's home runs, right? So now is Josh the home run king now? Is Josh the home run king now? So like I told you, I did my research. I did my facts where I started doing these interviews. So I talked to the guys from scene Heads who recognizes the statistics from Negro Leagues, Gary Ashwell. And Josh is not the home run king because they're only considering Josh's home runs in Negro League play. Josh's 800 home runs that he's credited for in his Hall of Fame plaque as against all levels of competition, which means Negro Leagues, Barnstorming, Exhibition Games, and the Latin in the Latin, because you know they played in the Latin. Because he played in
0: Mexico, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Yes. And so but Josh would be ranked in some of the categories in the tight He's top in slugging percentage, he's batting in the top average. five on base percentage. He's second by he's second in batting, all-time batting average in single season. So I will say this when people used to interview me, they they said, well, Josh Gibson is considered the greatest Black baseball player of all time. Well, they can no longer say that. Mm -mm. They can no longer say that. Josh Gibson is going to be considered one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Period. 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 Right.
0: Love it. Sean, I love that. And I'm I'm really glad you said that because it's so true. We got to take that, that narrative away. He's one of the greatest, period. These athletes were incredible. And so... People may not be aware of this, but even before the commissioner made his statement, the Baseball Writers Association of America decided that it was important to remove the name of Kennesaw Landis from the award. He was the first commissioner for Major League Baseball, but it was not an uncommon fact or at least common knowledge to know that he made efforts to deny Blacks entry into the league. And so while his name is being removed and there might be people fighting about it, it, doesn't matter, this was all that, this was back then. No, no, there needed to be acknowledgement. There needed to be a change. And so the writer said, we're no longer going to have his name involved. We're no longer going to include his name. And then there's been discussion to say, let's go ahead and rename it after one of these three individuals and one of which is your great grandfather. And that was the call you got. So they were thinking, okay, do we re- rename it after Josh Gibson? Do we name it after Jackie Robinson, who I believe to this day might've been the only player to ever win the award in both uh, leagues. I mean, in terms of the national American Frank, and Frank or, or Frank Robinson, sorry. Yeah. Or the uh, owner of the uh, Dodgers who uh, signed them. So there are three incredible names, but you, Saw that and you said, look, if we're going to push this, we've got to build on this. And you mentioned earlier, there were so many people that helped you, so many people that came on board to help build this. But what is your hope, Sean, through this? Is it just that your great grandfather's name gets put on there or is there a greater hope and a vision behind this campaign you're building? And how can people get involved? I believe you mentioned earlier what the website was, if they wanted to get involved, was jg20mvp.com. But, but what other things do you want people to know about this other than perhaps your great grandfather getting this uh, really prestigious award, acknowledge an honor, a name after him rather? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jakowitz of pauljakowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jacobitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z dot com. Thank you for checking out the DSB Leadership Speaking Podcast. If you are enjoying the program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash twins talk it up. Also, consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple and comment on our other platforms, including YouTube. If you'd like to learn more and get more information, we would like you to become a guest on our future episode. Send us a message via our website at www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast.
1: Yeah, Before I get into that, just give you a little bit of background. And so, yeah, so the the MVP award, the renaming of it, you know, this was in a campaign that we just woke up overnight and said, "Let's start a campaign." Um, back in the summer, when during the whole Black Lives Matter movement, we all noticed that there was a lot of monuments and mm. statues of generals being taken down and things of that nature. And so, as I'm reading this article about Ben Walker from the Associated Press, and they're talking, to, they're interviewing um, Barry Larkin, Terry Smith—I mean, uh, Barry Larkin, Mike Smith, and Terry Pendleton—and they're former MVP players, and they were like, you know we should read, you know, Kenneth Salman Landis' name because of what he's done to to not integrate baseball should be moved off of the MVP award. Mm. And so as I'm reading the article, I see the names are considering renaming after the the war. And that's like you mentioned those names, Branch Rickey, Frank Robinson, and Josh Gibson. We had no clue. But like I said, when I'm involved in something like 100%, and so (laughs) when I saw that, I emailed that article and I highlighted it. And I sent it to my board of directors, and I sent to somebody, I have a special committee that works with us. I said, listen, I don't know what's going on here, but we just found ourselves in a race. Let's see how we can win it. And so from there, we started a whole hashtag JG20 nvp campaign. And it's been great, man. I'll be honest with you. Um, and that's why I say I think the pandemic really helped us too, because we got so many people involved, so many people involved. Uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, former Pittsburgh, f- former Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Lamar Rucker, who's an actor from Pittsburgh, um, people from all, people from all over the country, France, Germany, wearing these shirts, right? Awesome. And so, but getting into the the the, the, the 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 nuts and bolts of it is that we all know the story with Kenosha Landers. He denied over 3,400 men the opportunity to play baseball, right? And so, my whole vision has always been that yes, the award would be named after Josh Gibson if that was the case. Please. But it's bigger than Josh.
0: Yes.
1: Because it's going to be about the Josh is going to be carrying 3,400 men on his shoulders. Mm. And so I've already told the families, if Josh was to get this award, this is for all of us. Yeah. This, this is a win-win for all of the families that did Satchel Page, Buck Leonard, Oscar Charleston and this list goes on, right? Mm. And so When people ask me that question, I say, well, you know, they say, Well, why do you say that? I said, because if 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 you're going to take his name off and you're going to replace it with Josh, why not have Josh represent everyone? (laughs) You know? Why not? I mean, yes, we know who the marquee players are. We right, we know it's Josh and Satch. We we get it. We have our own platform. But I'm the type of person that I can build my platform with others and I bring others to help others. And that's what I'm doing. It's not just about us. And so you can go to our website, as you mentioned, jg20vp.com, sign our petition. Um, it's in the right hand corner. We have our MVP campaign shirts. We ask you if you buy one, just hashtag it and, and post it. But um, we don't know when the vote's gonna happen. Um, we all know the All-Star just happened and it was some discussion about it. We don't know when it's gonna take place. I'm hoping it take place before the All Star, I mean, before the uh, World Series, because I think around the World Series is when they named the MVP award winner. I've heard some talks of maybe just leaving it blank, just having an MVP. Uh, and I and I totally disagree with that. Whether it's Josh or somebody else, because I feel like if it's a name, if it was a name owner previously, it should still be another name owner. Yeah. If it was no name at all in the beginning, then you're fine with that. So whether it's Josh or not. I don't believe it It should not be a name. And so, you know, but we had a a great tournament going on right now that just wrapped up. Um, We had over 75 artists Mm. across the country, Mm. six from across the country that worked with us to create these Josh Gibson MVP cards. And just to have that card art community embrace us um, is phenomenal. And and Ted Richardson, and, and, and like I said, Mr. Shake, Mike, um, um, Eric Kettleberg and, and, and Heavy J Jason Schwartz are the main four guys behind this. And you know, just to see, you know, if I didn't think people love Josh Gibson, I know they love Josh Gibson now because it has definitely took us to another level. And last thing, Dave, answer your question what do we want to get out of this? Most importantly, we want the renaming, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's number one.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, second of all, though it's about our brand. We want people, when they see this logo, they know, it is, they know it's Josh Gibson. When they hear Josh Gibson's name, they know about the Josh Gibson Foundation. Yeah. And so I think we are definitely taking that to the next level. Uh, people always ask me, if you wanted to compare your foundation to someone, who would it be? And I always say the Jackie Robinson Foundation, You know, because yeah. when you see the Jackie Robinson Foundation, you know exactly what it exactly. is. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: exactly what it is. And that's what we're striving to be. And so, but those are, the, those are the main goals. Of course, we would love to rename it. And when they do, I'll be back on your show to talk about it.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: All <laughs> yeah, right, I love but that. Other than that, we, we, we're building our brand as we start that process.
0: This is Danny, and I, I wanna just recap and re-summarize re-summar- uh, for our audience today. Uh, some of the great things Sean has just highlighted and spoke about, and David had alluded to it. You know, Addis Hall of Fame induction 1966, Ted Williams said, I hope that someday the names of Sasha Page and Josh Gibson can be added as a symbol of the great Negro League players that are not here only because they were not given a chance. Mm-hmm. And I just want the audience to understand that we would know so much more if they were given a chance and the Josh Gibson Foundation is allowing people like us to know a little bit more about this learning a little bit more about all the other Negro league baseball players that Sean had alluded to. There's still three baseball players alive today. Um, Ron Tesey up in Detroit, 94 years old, still alive. And the the joy that Sean's going to have on his face and the joy that that uh, Ron will have on his face when he sees his name in the record books. I, I am so looking forward to that. That just, that just, that just kind of warms my heart to think about it. And then this, you know, the fact that a lot of these players have not had the privilege or the capability to play um, in, in, in this, uh, this other league because they were denied. One of the great things that was also brought up, Sean had brought up, and, and Dave, was the fact that um, he was, Josh Gibson was an amazing baseball player, right? Oh, and I don't to no. have a three five nine batting average. Can you think about that, first That's of a, all? It's amazing. Just think about that. That, that is so difficult. If you're hitting the 300s, man, you get you're getting a you know 300 million dollar contract. So the fact that he had a, a, a 359 uh, batting average, a 648 slugging percentage, he was a 12 time All Star, and Dave said he went to four championships in a row and won two of them, at the two Negro League Baseball World Series championships. So I want everyone to hear what is actually stated on the Job Gibson Hall of Fame plaque. If it's okay with you, Sean, I want to read it. It said. It's considered greatest slugger in Negro baseball league, power hitting catcher who all, had almost 800 home runs in league and in independent baseball during his 17 year career. And as David stated earlier, played all over the place, even even in Latin America, credited with having been Negro uh, been Negro league batting champion. Not once, not twice, not three times, four times from 1936, 1938, 1942 and 1945. That is fantastic. And then of course, as Dave stated earlier, He was nicknamed, right? The nickname, the black Babe Ruth. But for anyone who saw him play, just anyone, they would say that maybe Babe Ruth should have been nicknamed the white Josh Gibson just because of the the, the ability to hit, the ability to carry the stats that he's had, the ability to do all these great things. And we know that it has now been long overdue. And as Sean said, there were many great individual advocates who have helped push, who are helped pushing the foundation who are actually helping people to understand about the MVP award. And we'll get to the website in just a moment. I want to have David give a chance to talk and things like that, but I just want the audience to know there's a lot of great things that has been accomplished that you don't know about. And if you get a chance, go to the foundation website, learn about it, or be like Sean when he was 12 years old, go get the library book and read it because it is found. It is, it is a, like not just a family name, but it is amazing to be able to read up about history. But the second is to read up about an ancestor and to understand and realize how amazing your ancestor was.
1: Let me just ahead, touch so. on this real quick. So two things you said that I want to touch on. The first thing is the Ted Williams speech. Yeah. And I want to just give the audience this. So my grandfather, Josh Gibson Jr., who also played in the Negro Leagues in 49 and 50 with the Homestead Grays. He always, always 100% gave Ted Williams credit. Mm. He really believes if Ted Williams admit, does not mention that in his speech, Satchel Paige is not going in 71 and Josh going in 72. He really, met. And the other thing about it is, if anybody watches that speech, it's not a very long speech. Mm. It's very, not a very long speech. And for him to include them in his speech, is very powerful, number one. And number two, it speaks to the talent of Josh and Satch because he Ted played against those guys. Mm. And so the other thing I found out too, and I don't know if you guys noticed or not. The other thing I, I don't I can't say, but I believe why he spoke up is that Ted Williams is part Mexican. His mother is Mexican. And he denied that for years because he thought he'd be discriminated against. He did not let anybody know that, but his mother is Mexican. Mm. And so my grandfather always credited that. That's number one. And number two, the Black Bay roof, right? So, (laughs) wow! one good thing, go ahead Dave. No, no, I was gonna say that's
0: really amazing to have such a hall of fame figure to acknowledge that about your great grandfather. It's easy to be on the sidelines and say nothing, but for him to come out and say what he said, is amazing because the truth is there. You can see the truth and try to deny it. You can see the truth and cover your eyes, but he acknowledged it and it needed the world, the world needed to hear him say that. And I I appreciate even about you stating your great grandfather, making that comment, tells me about his humility. It tells me about his character. It tells me about his hope, as you mentioned, carrying 3,400 African-Americans, black players on his shoulders to say, this was that important. It wasn't just about me; it's about everybody else that played this game that we love.
1: Yeah. and so the other thing is the Black Bay Roof story. So the one good thing about being a descendant of a famous baseball player, you get a, you get to make other family members, right? So Babe Ruth's great grandson just happened to be a good friend of mine, Britt Stevens. <laughs> so we that is also awesome. yeah that's awesome. also joke about the Black Bay Roof and the White Josh Gibson, right? So. We're joking about it one day. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. His name was Brent Steven. I said, let me ask you a question, Brent. I said, who hit the furthest ball in Yankee Stadium? He said, oh, we know Josh hit the furthest ball. I said, exactly. I said, but, and what do they call the Yankee Stadium? He's like, what do you mean? I said, what do they call Yankee Stadium? He said, oh, the house Ruth built. I said, exactly. I said, so our great granddaddy came to your granddaddy's house. And hit the furthest ball in his house. I said, that's like me coming to your house, sitting at the front table, getting a big piece of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get that big piece, that's right. <laughs> right. So, no matter, I said, so, I said, so, so, so tell me again, if Josh Gibson hit the furthest ball in the house that Ruth built, why is he called the Black Bay Ruth? So you get my point, right, Brent? So really your granddad should be the white Josh Gibson. And so that's our little joke. It's so
0: awesome to hear you guys are are friends and can crack up about it. But yeah, seriously, who gets the biggest piece of chicken? (laughs) I love that, I love that. (laughs) Josh, uh, Sean, this is David. I, I, I wanna add something here real quick. And I love the way you speak with such passion and enthusiasm, not just about your great grandfather and this opportunity, but the way you speak about the kids and what you're trying to do, you're educating these kids, not just providing athletic opportunities for them to get out there, but really opportunities for them to be able to see themselves beyond uh, the area in life that they're in. You're giving them opportunities to be able to understand their history, their heritage, to understand the racial tensions in our country and what they can do to make a difference. Because the truth of the matter is this is their future. Um, But what I wanted to do here, I wanted to ask you this because you you mentioned Babe Ruth's great-grandson like you. (laughs) Uh, there were a couple of quotes that just stood out to me. I said, I got to share this with Sean. I know he's heard all of these, but, but, but I wanted to share one from his teammate his infamous teammate who went into the hall of fame one year before he did. But there's another quote here by another famous pitcher, Walter Johnson. He said, Josh was better, a better power hitter than Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, or anybody else he's ever seen. He said, I've ever seen anything he touched was hit hard. He could power outside pitches to the right field, Short shots would move to left field when Josh came to the plate. And then, of course, Satchel Paige said this. I played with Willie Mays. I played against Hank Aaron. They were tremendous players, but they were no Josh Gibson. And, you know, there was such great reverence and respect for your great-grandfather and the way he carried himself and how he played. And so I, I just have to ask, were there any other stories or thoughts that people have shared with you that you want to share with us and with our audience? Because for a parent, we know how it is. We get blown away when people say great things about our kids. But to be able to understand what people say about your great-great-grandfather, your great grandfather, your ancestors, is just as amazing. Anything else you wanna share with them before uh, I give the stage to my twin brother?
1: Yeah, you know, it's good you brought those quotes up. And so we have quotes from, like you said, Walter Johnson, Dizzy Dean, Satchel Paige, um, uh, Ted Williams, and so on. And we use those quotes, right, to help our campaign because none of us saw Josh Gibson play. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't actually go to someone who actually saw Josh Gibson play, except for Ron Teasley mm. and ask him to give, speak on Josh. But what I like about those quotes is that black and white players speaks greatness about Josh Gibson. The other famous quote that I have about Satchel Paige and he puts in the words and he said, Josh Gibson is one of those superhuman, you would never see another Josh Gibson in a thousand years. Wow. I mean, so when, when you like, it gives me chills when people say these things. You people are not just saying these things for no reason, <laughs> right? And we joke about the Babe Ruth, but believe me, it's an honor to be compared to Babe Ruth mm. because we all know what Babe Ruth stood for. We knew how good he was, and I should say the report I said, "Listen, if your guys going to try to deny Josh Gibson's credibility and stats, who is Josh Gibson compared to?" I said, "I can tell you right now." Black folks didn't compare Josh Gibson to Bay Roof. I can tell you that right now. White folks did. White folks did. So if you're compared to Bay Roof, come on, man. If you didn't see Josh play, that should tell you something right there. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when you hear these, these stories about him, um, like you said about the Walter Johnson, he said, you know, any big league club will love to have him. Too bad this Gibson guy's a color fellow. I mean, they all, they, these white guys knew, man. They, they bar stormed against these guys. They knew their talents. They knew. Yeah. It's, it's just that, you know, it's a shame that happened. But, you know, when you talk about the greatness of all these guys, right? I always bring this up too. We all know the great Satchel Paige. Yeah, yeah. When he went to Cleveland, we don't know how old Satchel, we could say he was in his 40s. But when he got there, he, he was good. Still, still. So, I tell people, just imagine if dude, they had him 20 years earlier. <laughs> so, that just speaks to the level of the talent of these guys. And that's always, so I said, the one thing that white Americans missed with the Negro League was one, the game would have been a hell of a lot faster, right? It'd been a lot of a lot faster, it'd been a lot more entertaining. These guys would have put on a show in a true fashion of game of baseball. And that's what they missed. And it's, you know, it is what it is back then. But, you know, it's just hearing those stories, like I said, with Ted Williams and all these great quotes. I mean, Reggie Jackson speaks about Josh Gibson. Barry Bond speaks about Josh, even current players. Um, and, and, and and like I said, it just speaks volumes of his talent, you know, especially those guys back in his era. Roy Caponella said he's the best – I'm not Roy Campanella. Yeah, Roy Capanella said he's the best catcher he ever saw, mm-hmm. ever. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, he's MVP winners. So we use all these MVP quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to let the BBWA see, look, we're not, it's not just about my, it's not just the Gibson Foundation. Look what these MVP players were saying about Josh. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is Danny. I want I to, uh, on behalf of uh, my twin brother, identical twin brother, Dave and I, we, we're grateful to have Sean Gibson on. Sean is the uh, president director of the Josh Gibson Foundation. Sean, we appreciate you with your energy, the ability to say, look, we are, we are grateful to be in the running, to be, uh, having our great grandfather named after the award. If it does happen, uh, he will shoulder the burden of all the Negro league baseball players, uh, that came before him. And this is a award for everybody, not just for your, your family. We're also so grateful to, to say that the audience as a reminder, listen, Josh Gibson left an undeniable legacy of greatness and accomplishments that as sean stated earlier that when white players would talk about how great he was we talk about sasha page and how amazing sasha page was at the age of 40. we talk about all these great things but we need you in the audience to help please go support the foundation go to joshgibson.com.org i'm sorry joshgibson.org to learn more about the foundation go sign the petition go to j G 20 mvp.com sign the petition make the case for the jobs Gibson memorial MVP award just make the case for it, so that we can make sure that all people can enjoy it, we have a we have. A a great great legacy uh, that we're trying to build out and then, of course, David. Uh, married to his wife, who is actually from the Pittsburgh area. They know the area very well. The families know each other. Uh, we are so grateful, Sean, that you were be able to come on board today to talk to our audience today. And we want to make sure we challenge the audience. As you said earlier, Sean, everybody, please go to the JG20 MVP website, sign the petition, make the case, get on the shirt. Sean, hold up the shirt one more time, please. Hold up that short shirt to make sure you support. <laughs> yes. And we are, we're so grateful. Sean, thank you very much for joining the Twins Talking Up podcast. We look so forward to being your partner going forward for helping our audience advertise your foundation. And of course, you have our support as well. Thank you so very much, Sean.
1: Well, thank you guys for having me. And, um, you know, hopefully, like I said, we'll be back soon to talk about the uh, MVP.
0: We're going to make that happen, Sean. Look forward to it. God bless, All brother. Right. You're awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up Podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up Podcast.